You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Well, hello. Welcome to Attaboy Clarence. Welcome to a new year of classic movies, golden age stars, and all that jazz you love about yesteryear. So delightful of you to join me. What have we got coming up today? Well, we are all about the cads, the bounders, the scoundrels, the blackguards. Yes, a double bill of gentlemen thieves coming up for you later. And talking of stealing stuff. Do you know what the French word for thief is? It's voleur. And here to sing a song with that very name that only some of you will understand, it's Charles Aznavour. Mon front est moite, je tremble un peu. Ma tête éclate, je suis nerveux. J'ai l'impression qu'on me regarde. Et dans la nuit où naît la peur, que des doigts tendus me poignardent au voleur. Rien n'est trop sombre, rien n'est trop sûr Je ne suis qu'ombre, je me fais mûr Comme un félin, je me déplace Raflant les objets de valeur La gorge serrée par l'angoisse au voleur Parce qu'elle aime les fourrures La vie facile et les plaisirs Les robes de haute couture Que je ne pouvais lui offrir De peur qu'un jour Elle me quitte Pour trouver tout cela ailleurs J'ai choisi pour garder son cœur De tenter gros De jouer vite au voleur Chaque seconde semble une année Les bruits du monde sont amplifiés Au loin une horloge qui sonne Un craquement une lueur font que je me fige et frissonne au voleur. Un vide immense se fait en moi, puis le silence reprend ses droits. Je fais les choses quatre à quatre, mais à chaque bruit, chaque heure, j'ai le cœur qui cesse de battre au voleur. À bout de mer, lorsque je rentre, aux heures grises du matin, les traits tirés, la peur au ventre, elle contemple mon butin, puis me faisant son œil de biche, elle murmure avec candeur qu'au fond l'argent n'a pas d'odeur, et qu'après tout, on prend qu'on riche au voleur. La nuit en disque, de plus en plus, je prends des risques et mes vertus à lui faire une vie de rêve. Je vois soudain doubler ma peur à l'idée qu'un autre m'enlève ce bonheur qui est plus que ma vie, ne me laissant qu'un cri. 
Yeah, I can completely agree with you on every point you made in that song. I don't speak very good French, but I understand cool when I hear it. And that was packed to the hat with cool. Straight into it today, though, we're going on over to the What's My Line studio for a guessing game you know all too well. Now, listen, this is a far more recent episode than you might be used to. This aired in 1972, and you'll understand why I picked it this week, if and when you get the answer. But for now, prick up your ears, sharpen your wits, and see if you can decide who the hell is that Hollywood legend? Okay, panel, we're going to go one question at a time. You have two minutes, and we'll start with Soupy Sale. Mystery uh, guest, would we find your name in the sports sections of the paper? Oh, no, 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 no. Anita? Oh, no. Are, we, are you best known for your work in television? Oh, yes. Gene? Are you best known for your work in marionettes? Oh, no, I don't do that. I don't do that at all. At are all. you on a nighttime series, my dear? No, I'm not at all, at Arlene? all. What you have mind? Are you? <laughs> are you um, in a daytime series? No, no. Can you hear me all right? Y- yes, I think You're I can. You're coming in so loud and clear. When you, but you did do a series for quite a few years as the uh, second banana, right? Oh, that one. No, I didn't. <laughs> Anita? Well, you're best known for your work in television. Are you Are you more an actress than, say, a comedian? I don't know. It's up for grabs right now, but then so am I. Gene? <laughs> <laughs> you're up for grabs. I assume that means socially. Professionally, are you on Broadway now? Oh, no. Eileen? <laughs> One are, last you, shot. are you uh, stationed uh, on this coast? Because oh. we ought to know about that. <laughs> oh, no. No, I'm not. No, oh, yeah, and no. I tell you, she thinks she's still on the other coast, which is why she's trying to be heard. Take <laughs> off your mask. She fooled you utterly. This is. We will stop it there. Any guesses? The canny amongst you will be champing at the bit, I'm sure. The answer will be with you later. Hey, guess what? There's a new bumper edition of the Dark Pages, the best noir magazine in the world, which this time is looking at California noir. Straight from the pen of Karen Hansbury herself, listen to this. The variety of films with settings in California consist of both classic noir and neo-noir, and range from the obscure to the well-known. Some of the many movies spotlighted in this issue include the following. The Prowler, The Postman Always Rings Twice, Double Indemnity, Somewhere in the Night, The House on Telegraph Hill, Bad Day at Black Rock, The Big Lebowski, and Cutter's Way. I have to say, the article on The Prowler is fantastic, and the magazine also features some brilliant pieces on things such as Night Has a Thousand Eyes, Eve Arden, and Gloria Graham. It's a truly wonderful treasure chest this time. Do make sure you go and grab that. Just go to www.allthatnoir.com and they'll even give you a free copy to try out The Dark Pages. Absolutely love The Dark Pages. Well, gentlemen thieves then, what is it about being burgled that's somehow okay if the guy is wearing a tuxedo and kissing the back of your hand? Seems the whole world loves a rogue so long as they're a dapper rogue. Old Hollywood made hay with this trope, and today, two prime examples of gentleman thieves you just can't help but adore. 
First, we come to one of the most celebrated in his field, but one whose reputation may have been diminished by the years. Arsène Lupin, created by Maurice Leblanc in 1905 and who enjoyed a dazzling array of adventures as one of the most talented thieves in the world. Crucially, Arsène Lupin was never an out-and-out -out criminal. He was a gent who recognized that his talents were no good to the law-abiding world. He was a master of disguise and he was the greatest thief in the world. So what other career could he have possibly held than as the world's greatest burglar? And over the course of his career, he did indeed relieve countless families of their jewelry. However, Arsène Lupin was also prone to a lot of do-gooding. Most of the stories see Lupin pitting his skills against far more nefarious criminals than he is, bringing them to justice and doing some thieving along the way. In essence, Arsène Lupin was a rascal you couldn't help but love. And that's what made him such rich pickings when it came to movie time. Arsène Lupin was a dashing criminal you could swoon over without feeling too bad about it. Because he was, at his core, a good guy who used bad guy tactics to win the day. So resonant is the character of Arsène Lupin that to this very day, Screenwriters have been resurrecting him for audiences. The 2021 Netflix series Lupin is a modern-day recreation of Arsene Lupin, much in the vein of the Sherlock remake by Mark Gatiss and Stephen Moffat. And so we arrive at 1932 and the 11th screen outing for Arsene Lupin. Yes, there had been 10 screen outings before then, beginning all the way back in 1908. But to 1932, we will travel. We have an incredible pedigree here. Produced at MGM by Louis B. Mayer himself, Irving Thalberg and Sam Goldwyn. Directed by Jack Conway, the man who gave us Red-Headed Woman and A Tale of Two Cities. Starring not just John Barrymore as Arsene Lupin, but also Lionel Barrymore as Gershard, the man sent to capture him. As well as Karen Morley as the beautiful Sonia, a thief sent to capture Lupin. And to top it all off, this film even stars that most enigmatic of ladies, the mystery within a mystery, and that most sought-after beauty, the Mona Lisa. Yes, the hunt is on. It's John Barrymore the thief versus Lionel Barrymore the detective in a race to steal or save the Mona Lisa. What's your hurry? I've been held up and robbed. You have, eh? That's too bad, Mr. Arsene Lupin. Arsene Lupin? What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? I'm the Duke of Chamaras. Yes, and I'm the Queen of Romania. Huh? Stop fiddling with me and do something. Here, one of you fellas, get up front and drive. Where are you taking me? I'm taking you right back where you came from. Well, you can't very well do that. The opera was over two hours ago. Yes. Well, this opera is just beginning. Detective Gershaw, played by Lionel Barrymore, has been embarrassed for the last time. He's hot on the trail of infamous thief Arsène Lupin, and his sights are set upon the dashing Duke of Charamas, played by Jean Barrymore. For some time, Gershaw has suspected Charamas of being none other than France's most wanted of men, Arsène Lupin. I got hit over the head, and when I came to, a man was just leaving the room. Was that the man? This is idiotic. I'm the Duke of Chamaras. Was that the man? I don't think so, sir. He looked bigger, and he walked with a limp. You'd better remember that, Mr. Policeman. He limps. In order to trap Charamas, Gershaw has employed the services of Sonia, a thief who's bought her way out of prison 
by agreeing to use her talents in snaring Sharmas. But what will happen when she finds herself falling for the dashing gentleman thief? Where did he go? He went, I saw him go into his own room. And then I stood there in the hall for a few minutes until a policeman came up the stairs and then I went into my own room and the man knocked at his door. I see. You're in love with him. You take my pay, my promises of freedom, but you like all crooks. You can't play square. You like all the rest of them. You've fallen for them. Just because I wouldn't lie about it? Oh, Sonia, why are you so easy? Your freedom for a few cheap kisses. Why, he'll pass you up. Well, that concerns me. Oh, just a minute, Gasha. That concerns me, too, a little. You see, uh, the Countess Krishnoff and myself. Countess Krishnoff. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> She's Sophie Krellberg, a swindler, a convicted swindler. Now, you may think that this film would be one of your standard drawing room melodramas peppered with a little romance and a dash of daring do. What you actually get, though, is a very daring pre-code swooner with all the sibling rivalry you could dream of in a Barrymore versus Barrymore face-off. Let's just talk for a second about how scorching hot this film is. There is a seduction scene between Karen Morley and John Barrymore that I have dreamed about ever since the first day I saw this thing. And every time I remember it, I'm forced to sip at iced water and fan myself with my hand. It's sordid stuff, folks. Nudity, innuendo, honest-to-goodness swoonability. This is eroticism personified. Very hot stuff. Secondly, I posted about this on social media when I watched this, but it's super rare to find a film from this era that aligns so well with modern movie-watching sensibilities. Often things feel dated in terms of storytelling. However, here we have two real-life brothers playing two adversaries, one honest and one not so much, and clanging against one another through dialogue and wily persistence. The game of wits between Lionel and John, between Arsene and Gershaw, is an utter delight to watch. You never ever get the feeling that one is outsmarting the other. Instead, you always feel that each is equally matched against the other. Every time you think that John's got the upper hand against Lionel, it's suddenly revealed that Lionel has been playing him the whole time, and just as he goes in for the kill, John reveals that he's been working to counter this attack, and this will-he-won't-he dynamic is perfection keeps this thing rollicking along to its fabulous climax, which is one of those scintillating little payoffs that you come to realize has been a whole movie in the making. When it comes to charming, debonair crime stories and tales of gentlemen thieves and gentlemen detectives, 1932's Arsène Lupin is kind of the blueprint, and having seen a lot of these movies, I can tell you it's almost never been surpassed. This is a marvel of a movie. It's sexy, it's thrilling, it's funny, and it keeps you balancing on a knife edge of suspense the whole way through. You will swoon, you will flush, you will blush, and you will thrill. To 1932's Arsène Lupin. It is simply wonderful. Funny thing is, John Barrymore seemed to be Hollywood's gentleman thief of choice for a time. Back in 1917, he played another sophisticated criminal, a character who also doubled up as a sportsman and lover. Raffles, otherwise known as Arthur Raffles, was a cricketer by day and a thief by night. Could anything be more English? 
Anyway, Raffles was the man you spent your weekends watching on the society lawns of England as he cricketed his way through the other fellas and then invited to your country house for dinner. Strangely, though, when he woke up on Sundays, your jewels were missing from your safes, and despite many valiant attempts at snaring him, Raffles always managed to stay one step ahead of the law. But we are not focusing upon John Barrymore's turn as Raffles today. We are also not focusing on the subsequent 1925 movie of Raffles starring House Peters. We are muscling our way in on the gorgeous Samuel Goldwyn version of 1930, which stars Ronald Coleman as Arthur Raffles alongside the unsurpassable Kay Francis as Lady Gwen, the gal who swindled away Raffles' heart. Marry me. Why not? Oh, darling. What's that? I'm going to marry Mr. Raffles. Oh. When, dear, how thrilling. Isn't it marvelous? Believe it or not, Raffles, the amateur cracksman and gentleman thief par excellence, has decided to play it straight. He's gone and lost his heart to Lady Gwen and can no longer reconcile his criminal life with his love life. But things are complicated when his best pal and partner in crime, Bunny Manders, played by Bramwell Fletcher, attempts suicide. It seems that Bunny is in hock to some gamblers and requires a considerable sum in order to relinquish his financial burden. I've written a check, Raffles. A big check and it's no good. What made you do it? Cards. Yes, I've been playing again. I, I know I promised you I wouldn't. But on Monday morning, Raffles, when they get that check at the bank, I'll be disgraced. Oh. They'll trick me like a common cheat. I am a common no, cheat. No, 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 Bunny. They might even arrest me, Raffles. Now, Bunny, you know I'll never let them do anything like that to you. I'm not asking you to help me. I'm not worth helping. Supposing you let me be the best judge of that, hmm? There's only one thing for it. Raffles will have to take on one more crime. The crime to trump all crimes. To steal away the famed Melrose necklace worth a stinking fortune. If he succeeds, he'll have enough money to save the soul of his best pal, Bunny. But it might also mean that he'll have to betray the love he's worked so hard to find. That's right. Lady Gwen herself is involved with the Melrose necklace. Will Raffles have the nerve to burn the love he's found in order to save the life of a friend? Oh, my necklace. Oh, my necklace. Lady Melrose, whatever possessed you not to put your necklace in the safe? What? Whatever possessed you not to put your necklace in the safe? It was Mr. Raffles' idea. Mr. Raffles' idea? I'm certain he meant well, but... Oh, oh yes. Yes, I'm sure he meant well. Excuse me, Lady Melrose, I've got to speak to him. Now, I, I, you're not to scold him. I won't have him scolded. So first up, how perfect is this casting? Ronald Coleman was born to play Raffles. It's almost as great casting as David Niven as Raffles in 1939. Hear more about that particular casting story in Carrie Part 3, coming soon. Yes, Ronald Coleman, I would say, is arguably a finer Raffles than John Barrymore. He just has the rather more aloof quality that Barrymore never had. Anyway, perfect casting for Raffles. Kay Francis is the other big name here, but sadly, if you're expecting her to be her usual scintillating self, then you might be disappointed. Here she's little more than a swooning damsel. She's really given very little to do except pout and trail after Coleman like a puppy. It's very strange to see her playing someone so submissive, especially when you're used to seeing her in films like Jewel Robbery and Trouble in Paradise. 
Betty Davis initially tested for the role of Gwen, but was turned down. I think she dodged a bullet. In any case, the real story here isn't so much the love angle, but the crafty game of wits between Raffles and Inspector McKenzie, played by David Torrance. What I love is that usually in these films, the second act is where it starts to sag. However, in Raffles, the entire second act is the crime itself. And it isn't just your usual smash and grab. There are several elements at play and all at once. Not only is Raffles after the necklace, you also have a rival gang. You have the high stakes of what will happen to Bunny. If Raffles doesn't succeed, Inspector McKenzie begins as a bit of a clown. But as time goes by, you realize he's actually far cleverer than you might think. It's a film that, despite its creaky looks, definitely keeps you glued to what's happening. For my money, it's the best Raffles outing on screen. I like that it has polish, but it's still something of a rough diamond. Necklace. Now, Raffles has popped up pretty much everywhere in media, TV, books, movies, and of course, radio. He had his very own series in 1933, and they're kind of cool. He basically commits crimes and solves crimes, and it's all very charming. But what I have for you today is the Screen Director's Playhouse version of this movie, adapted in 1951 and starring Douglas Fairbanks Jr. in the role of Arthur Raffles. It's great fun, and crucially, it doesn't leave that much of the film out of the radio script. It didn't have to. The film was only 72 minutes long, and the radio play is an hour, so you really do get the whole Raffles movie via audio. It's wonderful. Off we swing, then, with Douglas Fairbanks Jr. as Raffles, the amateur cracksman. This is the Screen Director's Playhouse, one of the weekly features on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Tonight, the Screen Director's Playhouse presents one of the all-time favorite mystery figures, Raffles. Starring Douglas Fairbanks. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's the first act of Raffles. I am the so-called notorious amateur cracksman. My name? Well, not naturally for the years of Scotland Yard. A.J. Raffles. What is crime? What is... What motivates crime? What makes me a criminal? Greed? Selfishness, perhaps? The spirit of adventure? Very definitely. Loyalty to a friend in need? Ever. And then, as in the case of the missing Medici Venus, purely sentiment. Say, Wilfred, this lady claims to have the missing Venus. Hmm? What did you say, Inspector McKenzie? Here it is, Inspector. Where did you get it? It just came in the post in the ordinary way. I opened the parcel and there it was, and this card was with it. Hmm. I saw your farewell performance when I was a boy. I've never forgotten it. Would you return this painting to dear old Scotland Yard for me? Hmm. I understand there's a reward offered. So, you're Maud Holden, the actress. Well, I used to be. 
You've no idea why this should have been sent to you? No, none at all, except, as he says, that he remembers me. Uh, when was your farewell performance, Miss Holden? Oh, 20 years ago, 1931. Uh-huh. Well, if I might be personal, might I inquire your uh, financial status? Well, to be perfectly honest, since I retired from the stage, I have been... A little straightened. Well, then it would seem that the amateur cracksman is uh, something of a benefactor. I don't know what you mean. You'll receive a 500-pound reward. Five? Ah. Oh. That's a new light on the cracksman. He's turning Robin Hood. Robin Hood, my eye. He's playing with us. Uh, now we've got to announce that the thing's been quietly sent back. Oh, if only we knew one thing about him. Oh, I know many things about him. He's a man with a sense of humor and a sporting sense. He's never made a big haul, even if he could have. He's never robbed a whole safe. He's just taken one thing. No, no, he, he's a gentleman who steals for the fun of it. Ah. And everything he does tells us something about him. Now, we learned his age today. Hmm? Aye. He was a boy in 1931 when he saw Miss Holden act. Now, that makes him about uh, 30 now. Yes, a lot of help that is in catching him. We can't arrest every man of about 30. No, but it narrows the field. Mr. Raffles, top past eight, sir. Oh, thank you, Barakoff. Will you be wanting a taxi, sir? No, thanks. I'm going to walk. And, sir, you'll excuse me, sir. What is it? It's these bills, sir. Some of them are becoming, well, the... A trifle exigent, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> oh, yes. You, you said the grim total was about um, 200 pounds, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Well, that's all right, then. I'm arranging for that this very evening. Barakoff, where did you put my kitten? That stray alley cat you brought home? Barakoff, that kitten may be a stray to some people, but to me, she's money in the bank. Hand her over. Where is she? Ah. Shop with lights. Start searching. Throw off the alarm, someone. Safe is untouched. Great Scott. Look. What? A kitten. Playing with a burglar alarm wire. Well, now, how did he get in Takia's jewelry store? Must have got locked in. Here, pussy. Pussy, pussy. Hey, <laughs> you're having a good time, aren't you, you, you cat burglar? While the concentration was on the kitten, unnoticed, I slipped inside the store and sat myself down beside the safe. It was all I could do to keep myself from beginning to operate on the combination, but since discretion is the better part of valor, I waited until the police left. Then, methodically, I opened the safe and withdrew sufficient diamonds, uncut, the more difficult to identify, just enough to settle my debt. My work was done, so I threw the alarm, casually dusting my evening clothes, and nonchalantly strolled out of the store. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I left a note for Inspector McKenzie. The kitten lives in Cork Street. Let it off lightly. The amateur cracksman. Then I went to the Club Croydon to finish off my night of revelry. Cigarettes, mister? Gwen, you idiot. <laughs> Posing as the cigarette girl. Now. Oh, hello, AJ. <laughs> Bunny. Well, my old sitting rabbit. 
You two on the town together tonight? I suppose it is a little odd for brother and sister. <laughs> Won't you join us and add a touch of romance to the proceedings? Yes, A.J., do. Well, I'm sufficiently coaxed. Waiter, a table for three. I'm glad we caught you. So am I. Seems so silly the way we meet four times a week at parties <laughs> and, and crowded functions, have one dance together and then get whisked apart. You're too popular, my dear. You're too much of a celebrity. Well, tonight we'll stick together and nobody shall separate us. Gwen, Bunny, come and join us. I want to meet Mr. Ruckel. Oh, well, tonight we'll stick together and nobody shall separate us. I'm Lady Melrose, Mr. Rappels, and I'm glad to meet you. Well, I'm my husband, and I can't think what she wants to meet you for. She doesn't care to hoops about cricket. No, but I know a personable young man when I see one. Come and sit here, Mr. Raffles. Yeah, thank waiter, you. waiter, bring some chairs and some glasses. Uh, have some champagne, Mr. Raffles. Yes, thank you. Filthy stuff. My wife lives on it. Uh, <laughs> might we have a picture of you and Lady Melrose, Mr. Raffles? Uh, just look at each other, if you will. Oh, how could I look anywhere else? <laughs> what a beautiful necklace. That's it. Thank you, sir. Getting that face of yours in the papers again, madame? Hmm? Yes. I thought I should have to go through the divorce court to do that at my time of life. <laughs> oh. Now Mr. Raffles comes along and saves me the trouble. I should be proud to go through the divorce court with you, Lady Melrose. <laughs> would you care to dance? Oh, no. I think that would be going a little too far. <laughs> you dance with Gwen if you'd like to. But mind you, hurry back to me. Will you, Gwen? Love to. Nice going, A.J. What does A.J. stand for? Ah. You know, I've never heard you called anything but that or <laughs> raffle. You've got names, haven't you? They couldn't have christened you with initials. Yes, yes, I've got names. What are they? Oh, no, you don't. Well, why won't you tell me? Because it's the only bad thing a doting mother ever did to me. Oh? Is it Archibald? No. Algernon? No. Um, Adolphus. <laughs> it's no good, Gwen. I, I've never told anyone. I shall have to look you up in who's who. I lied to who's who. Oh, then it's Ananias. Let's go out on the terrace. What, and be alone? Uh, be very nice. There have been a lot of opportunities before. I thought lately that you deliberately avoided them. Gwen, hmm? you know there's nobody I'd rather be with than you. I am not Lady Melrose. You needn't pay me compliments. It's not a compliment. I mean it, Gwen. Go on. Well, that's all. Let's go outside. AJ, tell me something. What? That shell, you you never used to have it. Shell? The one you keep going back into. Just as we're getting along beautifully, like tonight and a hundred other times. You just go away. You you aren't there anymore. What is it? Do I bore you? Never. Well, what then? I I don't run after you too much, do I? Of course not. I've tried not to, even though I've sometimes wanted to. Oh. <laughs> but it's silly going on like this, especially when you and Bunny are such friends. If I'm a nuisance or a bore, I wish you'd tell me, and, and then I can stop being one. Gwen, darling. No, no, let me finish. Honestly, A.J., I, I'd rather know if you don't want me. I, I'll get over it, really, I would, but... Sometimes I've thought that you, well, liked me, and, and I've grown up, well, more than liking you. But if it's no good, I'd rather that you told me. Gwen, <laughs> darling, don't cry. Of course I like you. Better than anyone in the world. It's, 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 it's only that... That, that uh, you don't love me. Is that it? I, I, I can't explain, darling, but please believe that I... Love you, love you more than you'll ever know.
Barraclough! Barraclough! Did you call, sir? Yes. Did I wake you? It's quite all right, sir. Well, that means I did. Barraclough, you see before you a changed man. Indeed, sir. Indeed. A changed man and an amazed one. Amazed at life and at himself. I'm going to be married, Barraclough. My congratulations, sir. May I inquire when? Ah, oh, that has not yet been decided. But soon, Barraclough, soon, soon. It must be soon. Everything will be different, Barraclough. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. Have done with the old life of gaiety and... And, uh... Well, with the, uh... <laughs> the old life. Is that all, sir? That's all, Barraclough, for you. For me, life is just beginning. Rather. Oh, uh... Uh, Barraclough. Yes, sir. Did I remember to tell you that she is the most wonderful gal in the world? No, sir. I hoped you'd spare me that. <laughs> Good night, sir. Uh, uh, one moment. Uh, get me an envelope, will you? Very well, sir. Temptation. These uncut diamonds. Such lovely baubles. To return them or not to return them. We're fresh out of envelopes, sir. Mm. Well... In that case, perhaps fate has decreed a decision. I shall place my treasure back in my pocket. Barraclough, hand me my cigarettes. Yes, sir. Now, I empty the packet and insert the diamonds so. Farewell, a long farewell to all my greatness. And now a pen, Barraclough. Yes, sir. Here you are, sir. Inspector Mackenzie. You would never understand why I am returning this. Farewell, the amateur cracksman. When you go into a store, the salesman behind the counter doesn't get you to buy his product by holding up a printed sign. He talks to you. His talk does the job of selling where print won't, because people sell better than paper. Personal contact is a vital factor, whether it's over-the-counter selling or advertising. Now, the best advertising a manufacturer could possibly do would be to talk with each of his customers. Well, it isn't practical to hop around the country calling at every door. But an advertiser can reach millions of people. Over five million on this program, for example. Directly and at once. With network radio. Radio gives a manufacturer that important talk with his customers. And he can bring the clarity and force of his products home to you at less cost than with any other method of advertising. Yes, people do sell better than paper. And people sell more economically on NBC Radio. And now the second act of Raffles, starring Douglas Fairbanks. Something most peculiar about the fantasy of a dream. It takes you to the height of ecstasy and at the very same motion draws you into the very dregs of disaster. Here I was, sleeping and dreaming of my life with Gwen, and the happiness and joy, and the disturbing thought kept pounding clear. Somewhere along the line, I had made a mistake. 
I was to be detected. Hard as I tried to lose this feeling of insecurity, the same dream kept recurring. It was as if Satan and the archangel Michael were locked in desperate struggle for my soul. Huh? AJ? Hmm? Uh, oh, oh, Glenn, Glenn, <laughs> Morning, morning, morning. AJ, I just had another thought. Were you named after anyone? Hmm? Anyone famous, I mean. Huh? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, yes, sort of, in a way, I suppose. Uh... It, it isn't Aristotle, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't Aristotle. Uh, Aristophanes? <laughs> You're being very classical so early in the morning, aren't you? Well, I do think a girl has the right to know the name of the man she's going to marry. <laughs> You'll have to tell the clergyman, won't you? <laughs> it is true, isn't it? Last night did happen. It wasn't all a dream. If it was, it's a dream we're never going to wake from. What's the time? Eight o'clock. The middle of the night? Whoa, when can I see you? This morning, this afternoon, tonight? <laughs> no, I've got to go to the Melrose's for the weekend. Oh, put them off. Go I can't, I promise. Why don't you come too? They asked you, you know. And I refuse, my dear. The paths of matrimony lead but to a job. And today... Today, I remove the shackles of cricket and, with complete abandon, offer myself to servitude for the insignificant sum of 50 pounds per week to the first taker. What am I bid? Gwen? Are you there? Yes, but I'm still trying to catch my breath. <laughs> well, off to work you go. Shall we say goodbye? You say it first. No, no, I don't want to. Neither do I. Let's say it together. All right. When I count five, one, two, three, four... Five. Goodbye, darling. Good morning, sir. Morning, Barraclough. Your tray, sir. Thank you, thank you. Why the papers with my cereal? Papers? It's billed, sir. Oh. You said you were expecting to arrange for some cash to meet with them last night. Yeah. I trust it didn't escape your memory in the excitement of your matrimonial intaglios, if I may be permitted the phrase. <laughs> no, no, it didn't escape my memory, but I'm afraid it was a washout, Barraclough. You'll have to stave them off. Well, you've done it before. You can do it again. I should have thought, sir, so, that if you were contemplating matrimony, it would be, well, as well to start clean. My own opinion exactly, Barraclough. And now stop being sordid and go out and start my bath. When that's done, lay out my work clothes. Dinner jacket or tails, sir? <laughs> Neither. My overalls. Oh. By the way, sir, Mr. Bunny stayed the night. Oh? Came in after you retired. He's in the spare bedroom sleeping. Wasn't feeling very well. Oh. Quite upset. Oh, I'll give him a drink and in a jiffy he'll be fully recovered. I'll wake him up after my bath. <laughs> Bunny, I'm going to cure your headache. <laughs> hey, Club, there's, there's no one here. Well, that's very odd, sir. He said he'd spend the night here, sir. Huh. Can't have gone out. Why, there's his coat, sir. Great Scott. Barraclough. Hmm? You smell gas? Yes, sir. Over here, sir. On the other side of the bed, on the floor. Mr. Bunny. 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 Bunny, for heaven's sake, get, get the window open. Get, here, lend, lend me a hand. Get, up, up here on the bed with him. Come yes, on. sir. Here. Is he dead, sir? No, thank heaven, we're in time. Well, I can't think. He, he was behaving strangely, but I never dreamed. Breathe in, Bunny. Breathe in. Breathe. 
Bring it. Bunny. Bunny. Bunny, wake up. Bunny, Bunny, wake up, old man. It's Raffles. Shall I get a doctor, sir? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. He's, he's coming around. We don't want any in, outsiders in on this. Um, get, get some whiskey, will you? Very well, sir. Bunny. Oh. Oh. Raffles. Bunny, what in heaven's name were you thinking of? Oh. I'm a thief. Well, one way or another, we're all thieves at times. Now, lie down. Keep quiet now. I can't. I've got to talk. I've got to tell you. I've written a check, Raffles. A big check, and it's no good. What made you do it? Cards. Ah, oh, yes, yes, I've been playing again. Yes, I, I know I promised you I wouldn't, but Monday morning, Raffles, when they get their check at the bank, I'll be, I'll be disgraced, and they'll, they'll treat me like a common thief. I, I am a common thief. Now, now, Bunny. I'll be arrested, Raffles. Now, Bunny, oh, no, I'll never let them do anything like that to you. I'm not asking you to help me. I, I'm not worth helping. Suppose you let me be the best judge of that, eh? Oh, I don't deserve your friendship. I know what honesty and honor mean to you. Oh, I got myself into this mess. Let me get myself out of it. Now, now, I'll do no such thing. You just keep quiet now. Take it easy. Tell me, um, how much was the check? A thousand pounds. A thousand pounds. Well, two days isn't much time to find a thousand pounds, is it? Well, well, don't you worry, Bunny. You keep quiet and let me think. We'll, uh... We'll have to use our wits in this. Our wits? Hmm, I should say my wits. <laughs> Bunny. Yes? Were you invited to Lord and Lady Melrose's for the weekend? I was, yes. Could you... Could you take me with you? Yes, why? Um, I was just thinking I'd like to play some cricket. Oh, that's easy. Easy? Easy. <laughs> Playing cricket and keeping an eye on Lady Melrose's emeralds was most difficult. For her emeralds were the answer to Bunny's prayers. It's funny about crime. Here I was prepared to desert it, and yet I wasn't. Call it loyalty, call it friendship, call it complete idiocy. But a friend in need is a friend indeed. And that recurrent dream of last night suddenly became more than symbolic. Just... Why was Lord Melrose in deep conversation with Inspector Mackenzie? What was he doing down here at the Melrose estate? Why was he so suddenly interested in cricket? I'm sorry to intrude, Lord Melrose, but I shan't keep you long. Uh, here's my card. What's this? What's this? Scotland Yard? What is it you want? Have you ever heard of the amateur cracksman? Yes, of course. Uh, what's that got to do with it? We've had certain information which makes me very anxious to ask you one or two questions. Questions? Questions? What about? Have you given your new telephone number to anyone? Yes, I suppose I have. Did you give it to anybody yesterday? Uh, anyone who wrote it down? I don't remember, no. You didn't see anyone write it on a piece of paper? Uh, quite a thin piece of paper? Piece of paper, piece of paper, blue. Yes, I wrote it on a piece of paper myself. I come to think of it. Oh, really? It's that beastly nightclub my wife dragged me to last night. I, I gave it to Bunny. I remember now. Yeah. Uh -huh. Did you by any chance put the paper on anything? A book or anything? A book, book. 
My good fellow, what did I be doing with a book in a nightclub? No, I put it on a packet of cigarettes or something. Well, what's it matter? Stolen diamonds were returned in an empty packet of cigarettes which had trace marks with your telephone number. Now, uh, to whom did you say that you gave your number? Bunny Manders. Uh, he and his sister are staying here the weekend. Uh, Lord Melrose, if it wouldn't have been inconveniencing you too much, I wonder if you'd allow me to stay at your house for a while. Stay at my house? Oh, bless my soul, Inspector McKenzie. That's a little odd, don't you think? Well, how am I going to explain it? Oh, I think we might be able to manage an explanation. I'd rather you didn't tell your guests who I am. You call me Mr. Cameron. Oh, uh, Raffles, this is Mr... Uh, Cameron. Uh, yes, Cameron, uh, Mr. Raffles. How are you, Cameron? And this is Mr. Bunny Manders. Oh, how do you do? How do you do? Have you got a cigarette on you? I'm afraid I don't smoke. George, what do you mean by making all this commotion? If you don't like music yourself, you might at least be considerate of others. Look at the way I put up with your cricket. I'm I'm sorry, buddy, I'm sorry. But I want you to meet another house guest of ours. Uh, Mr. Cameron, uh, my wife. Mr. who? Cameron, my dear Cameron, one of the Scots Cameron. You know, you know, we used to go dearest talking together. How do you do, Mr. Cameron? uh, uh, Great, my dear, uh, this is Mr. Cameron. How do you do? Uh, if you don't mind, Mr. Raffles and I, I'd like a breath of fresh air. Aye, Mr. Raffles? Aye. Come along, old fellow. That was good of you not to give me away just now before the others. Not at all, Inspector McKenzie. I believe in helping the police when I can. What What brings you here? Not to the cracksman again, I hope. Oh, yes, yes. Oh. I was up to the cracksman the last time we met, wasn't I? <laughs> You know, I've always had a theory that he was a myth. Invented by Scotland Yard to cover a multitude of, shall we call them, failures. Oh, no, you're being very hard on us, Mr. Apples. No, no, the cracksman exists, all right. In fact, I know quite a bit about him. I gave my chief quite a portrait of him yesterday. Really? Ah, well, that was very clever of him. Uh, Only the face and the name were missing, but... uh... I have an idea I may be able to fill those in before long. I'm going to meet the amateur cracksman, Mr. Raffles. I'll hook him, play him, and land him. Like a fish. Like a fish, did you say? I'm a fisherman, Mr. Raffles. Yeah, but you still haven't told me what are you fishing for here. Or or is that a state secret? I prefer (laughs) not to divulge it. Well, in any case, I feel that it's nothing that need worry me. Oh, I think you can go about your business undisturbed. Thank you, Inspector. After those reassuring words, I will. Running away from me, A.J.? Oh, (laughs) just for a breath of air. What a wonderful night. In such a night as this, when the sweet wind did gently kiss the trees. Troilus, methinks, mounted the Trojan walls and sighed his soul toward the Grecian tents. Hey, what's that? The Merchant of Venice, Mr. Bunny. Oh, a Shakespearean scholar, Cameron, as well as a fisherman. Well, a lover of the theater. You know, the finest performance of The Merchant of Venice I ever saw was with Maud Holden as Portia. I imagine she was a bit before your time, Mr. Bunny. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, Raffles and I saw her together. He took me to her farewell performance when we were kids. Yes, she was wonderful. Whatever became of her, dead, I suppose? No, I don't think so. I heard of her only the other day. Well, if you ever see her, I wish you'd tell her that she has a great admirer in me. 
Me too. Hi, of course. Oh, Mr. Raffles, may I see you a moment? Coming, Lady Melrose. Excuse me. Mr. Raffles, where on earth did George get hold of that dreadful man, Cameron? Do you know who or what he is? Well, I, I don't think it's fair they're keeping you in the dark like this. I, that man's a detective. What? Mm. Well, what's he doing here? Why, you think perhaps he suspects an attempt on your necklace. My necklace? Oh, nonsense. Nobody's going to steal it. I agree. After all, I imagine that you keep it in a safe. No, we've got one, but I don't believe in safes. I keep it in my bedroom. Oh. oh. Well, uh, do you think I shouldn't? Oh, it'll be all right with a detective here. You, you'll probably sleep outside your door all night. Oh, he'll do no such thing. Well, he has to be where the emeralds are. Then I'll send them to the safe and he can sleep in the library. Good, good. And yet, well, if there are thieves, the safe is probably the first place they'd go to, isn't it? That's just what I've always said. Then I'll keep them in my room. Mm. And have the detective like a spaniel on your mat? No. <laughs> well, you can't have it both ways, or, or can you? Yes, I think I can. I've got an idea. Mr. Raffles. I'm a very wily old woman. <laughs> George? Yes, Maria? George, I'm going to bed. I want you to come up and get my jewel case and put it in the safe for me. What's that? But you've never done that in your life before. There's always a first time. <laughs> Let's go. Good night, Mr. Raffles. Uh, good night. Good night. Sleep well, Lady Melrose. Uh, Mr. Raffles, a moment, please. Yes, Inspector? I just saw a picture of you and Lady Melrose. Were you at the nightclub with Mr. Bunny last night? Why, yes. Yes, of course. Anything wrong? No, of course not. I was just asking. Um, you got a cigarette? Yes. Yes. Here you are. Oh, I'm sorry. I've, I've smoked my last. Well, I'll say good night. Well, I'll uh, come up with you. Splendid. Are you sleepy? I... Are you... Well, I'll probably read for a bit before turning in. I suppose your work keeps you pretty tired, doesn't it? Aye, it does. Mm. You know, I can think of only one thing more exciting than tracking down criminals the way you do. And uh, what's that, Mr. Raffle? <laughs> Dodging you fellows. Good night, Mr. Inspector. third act of the screen director's playhouse presentation of Raffles, starring Douglas Fairbanks, will continue after a brief pause for station identification. is the Screen Director's Playhouse, one of the weekly features on NBC's All-Star Festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, and by Anison, for fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. Now we continue with the third act of Raffles, starring Douglas Fairbanks. 
The act of stealing wantonly is that of a fool. To steal for the honor of a friend, that is debatable. But when the friend is the brother of the woman you love, the debate ceases to exist. Bunny needed help, and I'd given my word. And now, as I watched Lord Melrose carefully open the wall safe in the library and deposit an empty jewel case, alertly eyed by Inspector Mackenzie, a feeling of complete confidence overcame me. This job was going to be far easier than I had imagined. It was as simple as ABC. All I had to do was wait for Lady Melrose to fall asleep and then enter her bedroom and the emeralds were mine. As the lights in the library dimmed and the stillness of the eerie country night crept in, I opened my door and received the shock of my life. Entering Lady Melrose's bedroom was an absolute stranger wearing a cap to shield his face. Before I could follow, Gwen came towards me. Alone at last. Darling. Do you realize that we've been engaged for over 24 hours and I've seen so little of you? I know, darling, but right now I... There seems to be a conspiracy to tear us apart. (laughs) Mr. Cameron, Lady Melrose, I've just had glimpses of you. Darling, once this weekend is over, it'll be different. Utterly and completely different, I promise you. Do you love me? More than you'd believe. And now, good night, darling. Good night, A.J. It isn't amphitryon, is it? (laughs) No, dear. (laughs) I didn't have to wait too long for the unidentified thief to leave Lady Melrose's room. Naturally, I was annoyed at this unexpected interference. But then I realized I could use this new turn of events to my advantage. As he passed my hiding place from behind... I handed him a judo cut to the neck. In the same motion, my hand covered his mouth to prevent an outcry, betraying my wristwatch and chain bracelet. With my free hand, I jerked Lady Melrose's emeralds from his pocket, pulled his cap over his face, kicked his feet from under As he fell, I ducked into the bathroom window, into the door. In a moment, he was on his feet, running for the window. That was when all Hades broke loose. I've got him. I've got him. I haven't taken nothing straight, I haven't. Well, an old friend. New waters, these for you, aren't they, Crochet? I took nothing, Inspector. Search me. Aye, that I will. Well, Inspector, you weren't far wrong. I congratulate you. I think we're both to be congratulated, Lord Melrose. He didn't get the thing. Is this the cracksman fellow? Who's that? This chap? No. He's pretty measly looking. Oh, I say, what about my wife? Bless my soul. I never thought of that. Well, congratulations, Inspector. Ah, Raffles. Mm, So you caught your fish. Well, what'd you find in his mouth? Nothing. He didn't get a thing. Oh, well, that's to your credit, isn't it? (laughs) Although I must say I'm a little disappointed in your cracksman. Oh, this isn't a cracksman. Oh? No, Crochet and I are old acquaintances. I've been responsible for several little uh, holidays of his. Oh, just an old lag, eh? Like. Little like going after salmon and... Landing a minnow, isn't it? <laughs> the salmon is still in the stream, Mr. Raffles. And I'm still a fisherman. I've always heard a fisherman's greatest quality is patience. Her ladyship is sleeping peacefully, thank goodness. Yeah. She must have slept through the whole thing, she always does. Oh, splendid, splendid. I'm so glad she didn't waken. Yeah. Do you have a cigarette, Raffles? Uh, yes, of course. Here. That's a nice rich watch you're wearing, Mr. Raffles. And that charm bracelet, I've seen it before. Oh, 
It's little things like that that a bloke like me remembers. Oh, is watch and bracelet having any value? No, they have to me. A great value, Mr. Raffles. You'll hear from me again. I'll be out in no time. Come on now. Get a move on your crochet. I've got to go to town on that business of yours, Bunny. No. Mm. What earthly excuse are you going to take to old Melrose? Never you mind. I'll look after that at breakfast. Can I come to town with you? No. Why not? I can't stay here all day. One. <laughs> There's nothing to worry about. It'll be all right. I'll have the money for you this evening. Are you sure? As sure as if it were in my pocket now. I want to talk to Gwen before I leave. You decent, darling? AJ, come in. Uh-huh. Darling, hmm? I have a problem, oh. a difficult one. All right, I'm good at problems. Come on, now tell me. Well, a man loves a gal. Yes? She's radiant, fine, straight, untouched. He isn't worthy of her. In every possible way, he's most unworthy. For all that, he loves her. But I, I hope she loves him. She does, that's the problem. It isn't a very hard problem. Oh, yes, it is. Because, you see, he wants to lead a new life for her sake. But he's found he can't do it. The taint is still there. On the first possible excuse, he's gone wrong again. Oh, the excuse was good enough, I suppose, but just the same... If she loves him, she must want to help him. Ah, but he can't disillusion her, don't you see? Goodbye, Gwen, dear. I'm going away now. You sound as if you weren't coming back. I'm not. Oh, please don't say such things. Oh, Gwen, my darling, I love you. I shall always love you. You've made me realize everything I've lost in life. But it's too late now. Dearest. It's Lady Melrose. Oh, they've robbed me in my sleep. My emeralds. What's going on here? My emeralds, they've taken them from me. But, my lady, the safe has not been touched. They weren't in the safe. They were in my bedroom. Mr. Raffles, you promised to protect me. Where were you? Yes, Mr. Raffles. Where were you? Where was I? When? When the alarm went off, Mr. Raffles. Where were you then? Why, in my room. In my room, writing letters. Oh. A fine detective you are, Mr. Cameron, letting them steal my necklace. Detective, indeed. <laughs> I believe it was you who stole it. Have him searched. Who told you I was a detective, Lady Melrose? Do you think I don't know detectives' feet when I see them? Oh, you were so right, Mr. Raffles, in everything you said. But I did think you'd protect me. Kitty, go back to bed, my dear. You're all upset. A house full of men, and not one of you lifts a finger. I'll give a thousand pounds, a thousand pounds reward to anyone who will give me those emeralds back. That's a very liberal reward, Lord Melrose. Aye, it's too liberal. I'll get the jewels back for you without it. Nobody's to leave this house. What's that, Inspector? Everyone will have to be searched. Well, I won't have it. I won't have my guests suspected. I'll let the necklace go wrong. It's too late for that, sir. The matter's in my hands now. Mr. Raffles, we'll begin with you. Interesting the places one can think of hiding stolen jewels in a moment of stress. As Mackenzie searched me from my handkerchief in my breast pocket, I removed the emeralds and quickly transferred them into his pocket. It stood to reason he wasn't going to search himself. 
When his fruitless mission was completed, I sidled up to Mackenzie and deftly transferred the gems to my own person, where they belonged. Temporarily, at least, I was safe. AJ, I've got to talk to you. What is it, darling? There's something going on that I don't understand. Oh? AJ, what is it? You weren't in your room last night while the alarm was ringing. I know that. And I've been talking to Lady Melrose. I know that you told her the safest place for her emeralds was in her bedroom. AJ, what does it all mean? Please, darling. Tell me. Please tell me. Tell me that it isn't what I... What I... I'm afraid of. AJ, it wasn't you. When... If you were anyone else in the world, I'd deny it. I can't lie to you. Oh, no. No. Darling, there's nothing you can be thinking or feeling that I haven't pictured and dreaded your feeling about me. That's why I kept away from you. Drew into my shell, as you call it. I haven't any right to love you. Then the other night when I took you in my arms, because I couldn't help it any longer... I thought all of that was over and done with forever. But it isn't always quite so easy, you know. Things happened and... Well, there was a reason. A very good reason. Now, what are you going to do now? Well, there's only one thing left. Finish my last job. And then... Who knows? Oh, Mr. Raffles. Hey, those bags. Were you intending to leave here? Quite. That is, with your permission, of course. Uh-huh. You may leave. There's no reason to hold you in custody. Thanks, Inspector Mackenzie. Oh, uh, wouldn't you like to search my bags first, or me? <laughs> no, I don't think that'll be necessary. That's ah, surprisingly good of you. Well, goodbye, Gwen, dear. Goodbye, A.J. Goodbye, Inspector. And, um, good luck with your salmon fishing. I'm thinking of trying a new bait, Mr. Raffles. <laughs> be sure and get a big hook. <laughs> You know, Mum, I like that man. So do I. Oh, too bad. You're letting him go, Inspector? Aye, just that. I've got a scheme. I'm going to take the burglar Crochet out of the village jail and get him to London. When I've got him there, I'm going to see that he escapes. And then follow him. By Joe. This isn't the first time that I've set a thief to catch a thief. Here's a word from RCA Victor. Any RCA Victor television owner can get the RCA Victor factory service contract. This service contract gives you installation and service by RCA's own factory trained technicians. It gives you coverage of parts and tubes for an entire year, including the big picture tube. Or if your set needs attention and you haven't provided for this protection through the RCA Victor factory service contract, Simply call the RCA service company branch nearest you. They'll gladly dispatch RCA specialists to your home on a time and material basis. So remember this. Any RCA Victor television owner can get RCA factory service. And you'll see why RCA Victor is America's fastest-selling television when you look at the Regency. You'll see sharp, clear pictures, million-proof performance, superb styling. It's a magnificent television console at a new low price. The RCA Victor Regency.
Now, Act Four of Raffles, starring Douglas Fairbanks. Oh, Mr. Raffles, you're back home, sir. A boring weekend, I take it? No, not exactly boring, Barakoff. Any messages? Any letters? These, sir. Oh, bills, bills, bills. All bills, better look of them. I was afraid so, sir. Barakoff, I want you to go out. I want you to go to the Airways office in Haymarket and get me a ticket on the two o'clock plane for Amsterdam. Here's a tenner. I'm sorry to send you out in this rain, but hurry. Oh, excuse me, sir. The door. AJ. Gwen. Oh, Barakoff, on your way. Yes, sir. Are you alone? There's something I've got to tell you. Crochet has escaped. So? Mackenzie let him escape to come to you. What? I heard him. Set a thief to catch a thief, he said. Oh, I see. Oh, you'll have to get away. I, I don't care what you are or, or what you've done. I, I only know that I couldn't stand it, thinking of you behind bars, dressed in a convict suit. You, you've got to get away. Oh, Gwen, why do things always have to happen too late? You and I, if, if only we'd met in, in time... Yes, but you'd have been a baby then. Bunny's kid sister. I remember he had a photograph of you at school. Grave little gal with pigtails and big trusting eyes. Same eyes. Perhaps if I'd known you then, I might have been able to be worthy of your trust. A.G., I've always loved you. From the beginning, the first time we met, I... Even then, it was too late. It's always been too late for us. Don't let them in. Don't let them in. It's all right. It'll be all right. Wait, I'll, uh, I'll hide these emeralds under the tobacco. Hurry. Darling, your eyes are all red. You, you'd better go in the spare room. Yes, H. Oh, my darling. Well, the fisherman. Hey. <laughs> ah, what can I do for you, fellow sportsman? Come in, come in. Thank you. Let me give you a drink. No, thanks. It's wet enough outside. <laughs> Oh, do you mind if I help myself? No, and go right ahead. Hey, Crochet's escaped, Mr. Apples. Has he now? Has he? Well, that sounds very careless of you. Was the line not strong enough, even for a minnow? <laughs> what were you using, string and a pin? He's here, somewhere in this block of flats. Is he? Well, I must look out for him. I'm looking out for him. I've got the place surrounded. And there's nothing to worry about. But the uh, emeralds, Inspector? I'll get them as soon as I've got Crochet. Oh, has he got them? He knows who has. Ah. You mind if I take a look around these rooms? For Crochet? By all means. Thank you. Do you mind if I read my letters? By all means. Ah, it's a nice vase, this. Yes. Not big enough for Crochet to hide in, though. Uh, your bedroom? Oh, allow me to show it to you. After you. Aye, you've got a lot of suits. <laughs> and a lot of bills, too. <laughs> Does this door lead to the bathroom? Yes, yes, go in. I'm not bathing now. Ah, empty. Uh, that other door. That is the spare room. May I see it? At the moment, it is occupied by a lady. Her name is not Crochet. Well, I'm a man of the world. You can trust my discretion. <laughs> Uh, hello. Dreadful rain, isn't it, Inspector? It was so fine down in the country, too. Aye. Hmm. 
That's a fine clock you have, Mr. Raffles. Would you like to look at the works? No, thanks. I'll, uh, I'll just sit down on this couch. Do you mind a pipe? No, 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 not at all. We'll, uh, we'll sit down beside you. Oh, my. I've forgotten my pouch. Might I use some of your tobacco? Well, it's it's uh, not very good. Won't, won't you um, won't you let me give you a cigar? I've got some of the best cigars you've ever tasted. Here, here, here's one. Thank you. Oh. I'll smoke this after dinner tonight. Well, let's take another for now. No, I'd rather have my pipe. Oh, oh. oh look out! My my cigarette is burning the couch. Oh, well, I'll put it out for oh, you. While you're doing it, I'll fill your pipe for you. Well, if oh. you don't mind, I'll fill my own pipe. With pleasure, Inspector. We've spotted Crawshay, Inspector. All right, I'll come along. Uh, you better put somebody outside Mr. Apple's door in case. In case? In case Crawshay tries breaking in that way. We want to give you every protection, Mr. Apple. Uh, thank you. And in case Mr. Apple's tries breaking out. <laughs> What are you going to do, A.J.? You, you can't stay here forever. I don't know. I do. Hands up! What do you want, Crochet? I want those sparklers, so hand them over. Mr. Crochet, if I were to hand over those jewels, it would do neither of us any good. The police are after both of us. They know you're here. Oh, yes, I don't think. You don't get away with that. Either you give me those emeralds, or I'll shoot the daylights out All of All right, you. then go ahead and shoot. But do you know, Crochet, what'll happen to you... Have you ever heard a man condemned to death? I have. You can hear your heart going like a piston the bottom of your throat. And you try to swallow and you can't. Because that's when you begin to feel the rope around your neck. And the trap door under your feet. And then from a long way off, you hear the judge's voice telling you that you're going to be hanged by the neck. Until you're dead. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. Pray with me, Crochet. Yes. You got my gun. Imagine. Come on. You're going to get out of here. I shan't be long, Gwen. And if anyone comes, you let me know. In the bedroom, Crochet. Now, how'd you get into my flat? From the roof. By rope. Then start climbing. The rope's gone. The police are downstairs. Don't worry. Follow me. Through this window. Down that pipe. It leads into a passage. After that, you're on your own. You're a pal, Governor. A real pal. Well, do a pal a good turn before you go. Reach into that medicine cabinet and get the bottle labeled chloroform. Lord love you, Governor. You're a pro. <laughs> He's been put out with something. A.J., please, please talk to me. Please. Hmm. Uh, where am I? Oh. In your bedroom. Where's Crochet? Nabbed, as we expected. Oh, I'm so glad you got him. I'll answer the door. You just stay where you are. Yeah. I say, what's going on here? Uh, who are you and what do you want? I might ask the same question of you. Oh, well, I'm a police inspector. Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. I'm Mr. Raffles' man. I went out to get these air flight tickets for him. Air flight? Well, hand them over. 
Not without permission of Mr. Raffles. Mr. Raffles, do I have your permission to examine these tickets? Inspector McKenzie? Why, very definitely, yes. I, surely I, I have nothing to hide. Yeah, we shall soon see. Come on, hand them over, man. Yes, sir. With great reluctance. Uh, well, Amsterdam. Hmm. Oh, uh, hello, Raffles. Oh, room is getting awfully crowded. Hello, Melrose. Bunny, too. Well, Inspector, what's the meaning of this dragging us up to town? You got the necklace or what? I'll have it in just a moment, Your Lordship. Where are the emeralds, Mr. Raffles? How would I know? Because you lifted them and because you're the amateur cracksman. It's the first time I've heard that said. I dare say. But it's true, isn't it? Uh, what was your air flight to Amsterdam for, Mr. Raffles? Amsterdam is the jewel market of Europe. Mackenzie, if I took you seriously... Inspector, there must be some mistake. Oh, Mr. Bunnywell, eh? perhaps there is. And uh, how about you? Me, the amateur cracksman? Or perhaps you'd care to confess? Me? Lord Melrose, you told me you gave Mr. Bunny your telephone number on Friday night. That's right. You wrote it on a packet of cigarettes. Mm-hmm. That packet with the imprint of the number on it came to Scotland Yard yesterday morning containing uncut diamonds stolen by the amateur cracksman saying he was returning. But, but those weren't my... Oh, uh, yes, yes, perhaps there were. No good, Bunny. You mean... You mean... Hey, Jay. It's all right, Bunny. No, hey, Jay. How could you have been such a fool? Supposing I did need the money. Supposing I did go to jail. Do you think I'd ever have let you if I'd known? I asked you to help me, but I didn't mean... Hey, Jay, you fool. You fool. Oh, what's all this? What is all this, Bunny? Jail? I don't understand. I think I do. A.J. Oh, A.J. Darling. Are you the amateur cracksman, Mr. Raffles? Yes. And here are your emeralds. With one proviso. There are no provisos. Lord Melrose, you offered a thousand pounds reward, am I correct? Correct. Bunny, hand these emeralds to Lord Melrose, and you are the recipient. No, one moment. Uh, out of my way, Inspector. I'm in a hurry. Stop the man! Stop the Extra special, extra special Amateur cracksman still on the loose Extra, extra 24 hour man and on Wanted, dead or alive Gwen, Gwen AJ, what are you doing here in my flat? I've got something to tell you What? What is it? You mustn't cry, ever What did you come to say? That. And I love you. Oh, A.J., are you all right? Yes. What are you going to do? (laughs) That's something that I've never known. Do we meet again? If fate is more than usually kind. Oh, you shouldn't have come here. They'll be watching for you. I know. But I had to tell you three things. Three? One, you mustn't cry. Two, I love you. And three, um, what was the third? I won't cry. And I love you, too. And... Hmm. I can't remember. Couldn't have been important. I'm leaving through this window the way I came. Goodbye, my darling. Goodbye, A.J. Oh, that was it. What? The third thing. A.J. A donut. (laughs) (laughs) But don't hold it against me.
Fabulous. That was Douglas Fairbanks Jr. in Raffles for the Screen Director's Playhouse. Okay, just time to find out who the hell that Hollywood legend was. No, oh, yeah, and I tell you, she thinks she's still on the other coast, which is why she's trying to be heard. Take off your mask. She fooled you utterly. This is Betty White. Oh! Yes, it was Betty White. Herself sadly departed from us recently, but as that clip proves, she was never less than delightful. Rest in peace, Betty. And I hope you're making them laugh up there. As a side note, if you wish to see Raffles and Arsène Lupin for yourselves, they have just joined the classic movie library. The library's just one of the rewards you get when you sign up at patreon.com slash attaboysecret. You'll also receive a weekly invitation to the film club screenings. You vote for the movie, we watch it together and chat. Weekly bonus episodes of Attaboy Clarence, over 150 bonus episodes now available. Blueprints, the bite-sized edition of The Secret History of Hollywood, all 11 series of the main Secret History of Hollywood podcast. Memoirs in Minutes, the brief biography series of all your favorite supporting players. Queens of Cinema, the stories behind cinema's founding mothers. You get previews, you get commentaries, your name will be in the credits of every episode I make. Plus, you very kindly ensure that these shows get made. For all of this and much more, go on over to www.patreon.com slash attaboysecrets or follow the link in the show notes of this very episode. And thank you so much for being so kind. You are the best. Until next time then, my friends, it just remains for me to thank you once again for joining me. Take stupendous care of yourselves and those you love. Make sure your safe's locked tonight. And bye for now. If you'd like to support this show, you can do so by going to www.attaboyclarence.com and clicking on the Patreon banner. Pledges start from as little as $1 a month, and in return you'll receive exclusive emails, bonus episodes, previews, and ebooks. And every dollar pledged goes towards making these shows better and more frequent. Go to www.attaboyclarence.com or click the link in the show notes now to become a patron. Thank you. As a long-time foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.